Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back, as always, to the Golf Strong Project. We're on episode 14, making our way towards 20. Tim and I are still puppies in this podcast world, but whatever. If you've come this point, <laughs> then you must like hearing us a little bit. Tim, what's up, bro? Oh, nothing, man. Just living, living the dream. We finally... Uh... Yeah, finally getting a little regular schedule here, getting a little sleep. Still got the bags, but that's okay. That's all right. That's all right. How are you doing Pod- this week? Podcast listeners can't see it. There you go. Yeah, so it's only the YouTube folks that are looking at the bags. It's all right. It's nice. I, you told me you're going out and getting a little golf in tomorrow. So, yeah, it's going to be like uh, high 50s and sunny. So it's time to golf. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. It's Floridian weather right there. It's a treat. It's a real treat. Well, the fact that you're able to get away from your newborn son for a couple hours is it's good. It is. It's needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you'll come home and you'll take him and wifey will go do whatever she's got to go do. That's it. It's a system. You need the system. Sounds great. I'll let you know when I get there. In there we go. Years. What are you doing this week? How are the fur babies? Oh, crazy people. But they're good. They're good. Uh, the oldest one's asleep next to me. He's been chewing everything under the sun recently. Got into a box of ammo recently. Oh. Didn't eat any of the ammo, but he ate the whole box around the ammo. <laughs> Grabbed Christie's nice watch yesterday and brought it out and put it on his dog bed. Didn't chew it, just had to move it. All right. So that's been good outside of the Battle Royale. That is every night at about 6.30 when everybody's in the same household. It's fine. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's fine. It's like that that gif of like the little character, and he's like, everything's fine, and like everything's on fire behind it. Yeah, that's the our world, world is burning. That's our world at night. Yeah, yeah. it's good. It's good. It's high quality. Yeah, family of four. Dogs, they said, be a great idea. <laughs> so we get to dive into one of my favorite topics today because it is butchered in the PT world, and it's also butchered. Uh, in the doctor world, it's butchered in the golf world. It's butchered as a whole. Everybody butchers what we're going to talk about today, which is back problems, specifically what we find on imaging. So herniations, disc degeneration, bulging discs, slipped discs is another thing you'll hear, which is to slip a disc. I don't think people actually understand what that would entail. Um, or my back is out of alignment, which is a famous thing we'll hear. But we're definitely going to talk specifically about back herniations, bulging discs, degenerative disc disease is a common thing you're here. And we're going to talk statistics about it. So I put up a post actually today that was talking about that. And Tim and I have been talking about this already, about how we, we really should probably talk to people about, well, what do I need to know about disc herniations? What do I need to know about bulging discs? Because that's something that we see constantly. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, my back hurts because I, they found this on imaging or my back hurts because or I had a bulging disc 20 years ago and my back's been bad ever since. Those are the kind of cases that Tim and I get constantly. Those are the kind of golfers that Tim and I get constantly. And so this will be a good chance for us to disseminate all sorts of information and kind of give it to you, give you the statistics on it, let you know about what imaging is and when you need imaging versus just go get imaging the uh, latter is not what we like. And then we'll talk a little on fear mongering. So um, you want to go through, let's go through statistics first. Yeah. 
Thoughts? Let's start there because I think it's uh, it might shock some people how common a lot of these uh, like scary sounding things are. Yeah, it's crazy. It's super common. So with backs being out of alignment, that's yes, highly uncommon except in dead people. Yeah, in like freak scenarios, crazy oh, car accidents, or just scenarios. like people yeah. circus circus like people who are just flexible like crazy. Yeah, that's that's um, definitely. Definitely. I'm reading a book right now called Gates of Fire mm-hmm. about the 300 Spartans and Thermopylae. I just Inspiring. got to the battle. Speaking of discs being out of lines <laughs> out of, they're like just like cutting people in half. And there's like talking about arrows hitting people in the cervical spine and they're just gone, like paralyzed. And <laughs> it's just like, oh, this is so violently fantastic. Yeah, the Spartans could definitely put your spine out of alignment. I don't know if you could put your own spine out of alignment, but the Spartans hey, definitely well, could. You, know, you jump off a cliff and land on a rock <laughs> just right. You could do that. You could do that. Um, so if we're talking, yeah, if we're talking cervical spine, like in, in like disc bulges in the neck, which can happen uh, a lot, especially if you're working at like desk jobs. I see it a lot. Um, um, we're talking people 20 to 29. And you see these in almost 75% of people, just over 75% of people. That's three out of four. Come again? Well, did you did you say 75% of people? Correct. That's amazing. And if if we look at the whole age range, 20 to 80 years old, we're looking at 88%. So almost nine, nine out of 10 people are going to have some sort of disc bulge on an MRI. And that's wild. Those are wild numbers. Wild numbers wild numbers and i don't so i don't have the pain like the percentage of people at these ages that are in pain but i can guarantee you it's not nine out of ten people no 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 honestly the best one of the best ones that looked at that was the i can't say his name it's actually the one that i used uh on social media today the bringe like however you want to call it yeah (laughs) article apologize sir yeah i'm sorry you are a legend but uh, they took 3,000 patients and they did imaging and they were all asymptomatic, a.k.a. they are pain free and they had no disability. So these are people that have nothing wrong. Normal. They took kids, uh, everyone between the ages of 20 and 80. Um, and if you looked at like degenerative disc disease and or you looked at even herniations, the percentages were common or there was more than 25 percent in every category of people had those going on and didn't know it specifically older people. So when you got to like the 80 year olds, I mean, you were really looking at a good majority of them had those problems or they had a herniated disc. They had a bulging disc. They had a degenerative disc disease. They even looked at spondylolisthesis, which is probably truly a slip disc. Yeah. Probably the only way, like the only instance of a true slip disc we see. Right. That's so a spondy, Spondylolisthesis. You get 50 cents for that word. The disc, the disc, or the disc, the bone shifts forward. The bone shifts forward below. So top doesn't move. Bottom one's like, not a great thing, but not uncommon either. No. Yeah. Think Jenga here. Like pulling a Jenga block out. You've got that kind of slip forward going on. Correct. What What a great example. Metaphor of the day. Love, I love, uh, love the metaphors. That's a, that was a good one. I like it. <laughs> I, will, I will definitely use that. But to that end, that is very true. 
like almost 40% of 20 year olds have disc degeneration, 40% of 20 year olds. That's a lot. That's a ton, a ton of 20 year olds. That doesn't mean that something's wrong, but that's just, if you look at it, disc degeneration, 40% of 20 year olds, those are kids. Right. And even as we see, like, you know, we see uh, things in the neck get a little bit worse on MRI as things get older, just as far as you can find more things wrong. If you're looking, looking at an MRI, typically pain rates are going down as you get older, at least in the neck. Yep. So people don't like, you see these older people that are really stooped over their heads, like way in front of their body. And they, you're like, Oh my God, that guy must be in so much pain. A lot of times they're not. You know, and it, it probably doesn't look great if you look at their MRI. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's the truth. I mean, uh, what we're really trying to get at here is that disc issues in your back are extremely common. Like you are not, we're not talking about 1% of people have herniated discs or 2% of people have bulging discs or disc degeneration only occurs in XYZ person. It occurs in most folks. Right. And and especially when we look at it over time. So between the ages of 20 to 80, we're going to stay in that range. Every age range, it tends to go up a little bit. And again, that can be mostly in asymptomatic people. They have no symptoms. And yet over time, they have more and more and more disc issues that we see on imaging. That's just that's just common. So and if that was the case, so if. The way that we mostly see it, and Tim can can elaborate on this, you come to see us and you say, hey, I've got two bulging discs in my back. My back is absolutely killing me. It's been killing me for 20 years. I can't swing my golf club. You know, every time I try to bring out my big stick, it doesn't work. I cannot hit my driver. Like My back is just killing me. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's because of these bulging discs. From the get-go, we already have this giant negative connotation about something. Say that's a 50-year-old person, and we'll say it's a disc bulge. 60% of people have a disc bulge at 50 years old that are asymptomatic. So you already are looking at disc bulges as if they are the end of the world. And that's not always the case. No, almost never. It's almost never the case. I mean, un, you do have those unfortunate situations where people have pain for years and years and it plagues them. But a lot of times that's set up from the get go as something that's a that's a death sentence. Right. You'll go to the doctor. You're I've, I've had people that are 30. They deadlift. They, ha, they have that pain. May, they probably do have a disc herniation. And unfortunately, the doctor says, oh, you have the back of an 80 year old or um, you have this this, that, or the other thing. And, you know, it just sets the, sets their mindset and their expectations so low from the jump that it's, it's really hard to, hard to get over sometimes. So, and, and when you look at the numbers, I mean, the biggest thing, the most common thing I'll see on an MRI report is that DDD, right? Degenerative disc disease. If we're talking 80 at 80 years old, 95% of the population is going to have that. So it's not that you probably, it's, it's probably not that you have a bad back. Everyone at a certain point is going to have a bad back, hypothetically, based on what their MRI is going to look like. But not everyone's going to have pain. And a lot of people, you know, does Gary Player probably have some disc degeneration and some like facet joint, you know, some joint arthritis in his back? A hundred percent. Guy's 90 years old. Top to bottom. 
hundred percent. And he still plays, he still hits the ball. Well, I mean, that's, so that just shows you that this, this is a common and B not, not a death sentence at all. And Tim pointed out the best fact of all is, or the worst fact of all, I guess you'd call it is that we're convinced early on, be it our doctor, be it our PT, Cairo family, that anything that we see in our backs, be it a bulge degeneration, God forbid a herniation means we're going to have issues. That, that means you're bad. You have a bad back. I hate when I hear people say I have a bad back. Ugh, I don't I blame them for it because somebody told them they have a bad back or they've been convinced of it over time, whatever it ends up being. Well, what is a bad, that's one of my questions I'll ask is, well, what makes your back bad? Right. And so people listening to this, if you, if you in your mind are like, man, I've got a bad back, I've got bulges and this and that, what makes your back bad? Is it the bulges? Is it the herniations? Is it because it hurts? Is, is if something hurts, does that make it bad? Does that make it, you know, what, what does that look like to you? And then we meet you where that is. And we should also point out that just because we're saying that a lot of people that have these are asymptomatic, it doesn't mean that these things don't contribute to your pain. Sure. They may well contribute to what you're experiencing. Of course they can. Just like what pe uh, we look at pain, pain is nuanced. We've talked about this before. Lots of factors influence how you experience pain and physical things like herniations and bulges can as well. It just doesn't mean that they're causing it wholeheartedly black and white. Right. And I, I think we'd be remiss to skip over the fact that these things do heal. Ooh. You know, you want to take us, take Ooh. us through some of the healing Ooh. rates. Cause that's, Ooh. especially with the people who say I have the worst back you've ever seen. Sometimes that gets me a little excited because that might be a good thing. You're going to have the greatest recovery of all time. <laughs> I think for me, I think what hit me the most when I heard about um, injury, like herniated disc healing, because you don't, it doesn't make sense that that like most people are like, they like use the jelly donut where it's like the jelly comes out of the donut and like, Oh, you shoved it back in. Like how, did, yeah. how, how do you do that? So this is like the most fun thing in the world. Cause I think, I don't think people really, most people are like, think it's false. They look at you and they're like, that's not true. Right. Like, I mean, don't believe me if you don't want to, but I mean, you can stay hurting as long as you want. This is just the way it is. So we should probably explain some of the terms people. So there's different ways that you can herniate a disc, mm -hmm. right? And so there's bulging, which is not a herniated disc. That's just where essentially that big cone, the big cone, the big disc that holds the fluid in it is bulging out. It's not perforated. It's not open. It's just there. And then there's protrusion, which I think there's like certain ways that they define how far out that goes. Um, there's protrusion, extrusion, and then sequestration. Another spondylolisthesis and sequestration. <laughs> Phenomenal words today. Such, such good words. Um, but let's talk about the healing rate of the worst one. So very worst one is sequestration. Such a fun word to say. Such that, a fun word. That means the fluid inside your disc, all that juice is getting pulled out. It's all the way out there. All the way out. Like it's it's in the open. It's just, it's flaunting its stuff. Oh yeah. It's floating around out there, around your nerves. It's just having a good old time. Good old time. The healing rate or the rate of resorption, which essentially all that that really means is that that fluid that gets out there can kind of, we'll say harden and go away. 
Yeah, I mean, they do follow up MRIs and you see that it looks nothing like it did before. I mean, that's, I don't know what, I don't necessarily understand everything and no one really does, but it's not, it goes away. It's just magic. Yeah. Magic. Fairy dust. (laughs) Fairy dust. 96% resorption rate or healing rate with a sequestration herniated disc. 96%. Pretty good pretty good i'll take my odds i'd bet on that all day long now this is not to say that people that have for instance people that go get uh laminectomies or they have a herniated disc that's pushing on a nerve that's resulting in loss of function in their lower body a lot of times when we're talking about this stuff although most cases if people are having numbness tingling symptoms down a leg we still are going to treat it conservatively for as long as we can prior to doing surgical intervention. There are certain red flags we look at, such as what's called saddle paresthesia, which is where you can't feel underneath like your butt and kind of your groin area, which is a spinal cord issue that is like, we need to get you to the hospital now. Yeah. Right. Outside of that specifically, pretty rare that we're sending someone in to get to get cut up. That's me. Tim, mm-hmm. do you are you in that same boat? Oh, yeah, 100%. And I share these numbers with people because the honestly, the bigger and and kind of the more extreme that initial injury, the better chance it has of healing. You know, it really gets that inflammation um, cascade going to start that healing process. So, yeah, it, as long as people aren't having like, you know, muscle atrophy, like you can visibly see one leg is smaller than the other or, you know, they're really starting to get serious numbness and and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's really when it starts affecting function. Yeah. Like if you get people that are like, I can't feel my leg in space or like, I can't feel my foot and I don't know when I'm putting it down. Like really, really, I mean, that's, that's high compression of a nerve. We're not right. talking that this is like, I get like a little shooting pain. Right. On occasion. We're talking function is limited. Like to your point, I can't straighten my thigh. Right. Mm, that we might want to go look at something here, but to your point, for the most part, <clears throat> someone comes in and they've got numbness and tingling down the side of their leg, kind of goes a little bit into their foot. Uh, we can recreate it a little bit with some bending. We're not, we, at this point, we have no idea if it's from the back. Maybe they're getting pinched at the hip. I don't know. We don't care at that point, based on what I just said. That happens to a lot of people. What I do care about is, again, the red flags. Do you have any numbness between your legs? Well, no, not really. Does it come and go? Yeah, it does. Do you feel like it limits you functionally? Like, are you not as strong? Not because of pain, but are you not as strong? Is it is it atrophied? If the answer is no to all of those questions. All right, let's get to work. Exactly. There's something you can do. So, and it's interesting to me, like they, they always report bulging discs as resorbing, but I always have a, like What's a right? bulging disc is like, you know, if you have a balloon and you squeeze half of the balloon, that one part kind of bu- pops, like, up. Bu- pops out. There's nothing to resorb. Like it's all still in there. You just, you just, uh, you just like let go and it's just yeah. resor- so yeah, like, there's, there's nothing to really resorb there. I mean, that is like, that can be sometimes some of the more painful things. Cause like in your disc, you really only have nerves on that outer edge. Right. Yeah. So That's if it. you have like a little, a little injury there, a little inflammation on some really sensitive nerves right there, I mean, that can be really painful, but absolutely, when we're talking about like damage or like it real serious injury to your, to your body, to your tissues, it's 
it's like a paper cut. Paper cuts hurt a lot. Yeah. But they they're, heal. They're not, they're not dangerous. Right. Right. They're not, they're not dangerous. And I, and again, I will repeat this point because everyone's going to be like, well, I have those and my back has been broken for years. I'm not saying that your back doesn't hurt. I believe you that your back hurts hundred percent. What I'm trying to tell you is that just because you have something that shows up on imaging doesn't mean that that's the only culprit and doesn't mean that you are broken. Right. You're not, you're not disabled per se because you have a bulging disc. Like that's, that's not the correlate I want you to have. And anything that makes you feel like you don't have control of your body is bad. If you go, well, I've got a herniated disc, I'm screwed. At a 96% resorption rate, I don't know if I'd call that screwed. Yeah, the odds are in your favor there. Yeah, you're you're doing okay. You know, even if it's a lower version of that, if we're just talking about a you know bulging or a herniated disc as a whole, it's sequestered, or it's um not sequestered. <laughs> That's the big one. Extruding, protruding or extruding. Even those are north of forty percent in terms of resorption rate. Yeah, and the more juice comes out, the better resorption rate you have. Exactly. So yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> exactly. It's it. So yeah, it's, I think it just takes a little reframing cause we all, and we're all worried about our backs, right? I think it's a reasonable worry to have, like your back is really important. Like your spinal cord goes down the middle of your spine and all your vertebrae. Like it's pretty, it's pretty important. It does some things. Yeah. So you, you definitely want to have like a good, healthy, good, healthy muscle and joints and discs and everything like that. Um, but because it's so important, it is going to be a more sensitive area. We'll talk about that a little bit later, probably, but, um, you know, a lot of the, there's another study that we were talking about before this. And just because you have degenerative changes like disc stuff and joint stuff, when you look at an MRI, doesn't necessarily translate to how much pain you're in because they looked at people that had a ton of uh, a ton of that that degeneration that wear and tear if you want to call it that I uh, don't love it but um, they don't necessarily have the most pain like some of the people that have really good looking MRIs that you know are quote unquote healthy they've got a lot of pain so don't uh, some some people I find wear it as a badge of honor like yeah my was the my my MRI was the worst they'd ever seen. Well, that might not, you know, that might not have to do with your pain at all. Yeah. You do make the good point though, that a lot of people have like pretty normal imaging and they have severe pain. Yeah. Severe, severe. We've got a lady that I was treating for a while whose foot 10 out of 10 is her recording of pain. Worst pain in the world. Right. They've done imaging, they've done MRIs, they've done CAT scans, they've done ultrasounds. You name it, they've done it. Not a damn thing going on in her ankle. They looked at her low back, not a thing going on in her low back from an imaging hmm. perspective. So severe pain, severe pain, will not walk on her foot. It's got to be frustrating. It's got to be super frustrating. But she unfortunately wants to blame something. Yeah. And when you have imaging... And there's nothing to blame that can be an issue as well, right? And we'll have an entire podcast that we talk about pain and handling pain and what pain means and what pain looks like because it's complicated. We don't, it's the thing I ask people all the time is why do amputees have foot pain? They don't have a yeah. foot. 
You're on the foot. You're there's right. no foot. There's no. There's nothing to create sensation at the foot to go up to the brain to say "ow," and yet they have foot pain. Tells you all you need to know. It just gives people an idea of like, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense, right? So tissue damage does not always equal pain, right? The brain is learning; it's thinking of things. So when we start talking about like an MRI, and it says, "Well, I've got generic low back pain, and I've got a bulging disc." That makes you normal. Right. Having back pain also makes you normal. I mean, across life, everyone's going to experience back pain. Our reaction to it always is going to be the most important thing. Big time. I had it. I had back pain two weeks ago, just new baby holding them a lot, leaning back a lot just to like figure out how to hold this wet sack of potatoes. And like back was a little twinchy. But I know I recognized it, made a couple of changes. It's feeling good. It's all, it, it was just, I wasn't, wasn't used to leaning back that much. Yeah. The best, yeah. I mean, the thing I'll tell people all the time, because everyone's always like, well, I threw my back out. Throwing your back out is like the big common thing, which could mean so many things. Right. I mean, some people that's like, my back's a little sore. Some people that's like, I'm like keeled over and can't move. So some of the things I'll tell people a lot. So when I power lifted competitively, the week of two meets, I threw out my back, like hmm. was prepping. I was, de- I mean, it was essentially a deload at that point. Like I wasn't lifting anything heavy. Like I was at like 65% or something. I went to pick it up and like my whole back seized, hmm. laid on the floor, seized. And I was like, holy, the first time I did it, I was like, this is insanity. And I remember I had a PT mentor at that time. I wasn't actually a PT yet. who was like, all right, well, why don't we just like see how it feels tomorrow? And, see and I'm just like, there's no way I can compete this weekend like six days away. Needless to say, we got through a few days. I started lifting a little bit again. I was really slow, like couldn't sleep on my back. It would spasm like crazy. Five days later, I competed in PR in all three of my lifts. Wow. So I might've thrown my back out or whatever you want to call it, but it wasn't like this giant big injury. Right. I have no idea what it was. And I tell that story just so people understand Especially golfers, when something pops up, they're like, oh, my God, I did something. I can't do anything for three months. I'm like, whoa, yes. whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's take a time. Actually, you know what? Why don't we transition to the mongering here? Let's do it. I think that that's, that's one of the biggest issues, and I'm, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. So, Tim, with golfers, what do you think or what do you see people being the most afraid of, especially when it comes to back pain? I think probably the biggest thing is just taking a big swing, right? Whether that's a drive, like hitting a drive or that's hitting like an iron at a deep rough, Mm -hmm. something where they have to really, you know, gear up, take a hard swing at a ball, make con either make contact with the ground or you're just taking a big driver swing. I think that's probably the biggest thing I hear is like, you know, they see Bryson and they're like, wow, how long is that going to last? His back is going to be you know, he's just abusing his back or they use the tiger example. Like, Oh yeah, you can't swing that hard or you can't swing too much because your back will wear out. Um, so I think it's probably that, that fear, that feeling of like, Oh no, don't swing too hard. I think that's fully true. And I think that I always get the repetition aspect of it. Like yeah. I'm lifting the club so many times because if I swing it too many times, I'm going to hurt myself. 
Right. And that's my, that's my concept of this. That's just the way it is. No, idea. We, we'd see more guys with big, with big time problems. I mean, you do have people like Freddie couples who has a history of back pain and you've got all the people that do, but a lot of those guys have big bellies and they don't work out. Right. So you've got that going. And then you, I think the rates would be so much, it would be so high if that was the case. Like massive. you would see 75% of guys just having back pain every week. If that was the case, they hit a ton of balls every day. Ton. Ton. And if you're hitting a bucket twice a week and then playing once on the weekends, you're not hitting nearly as many balls as they hit probably in a day. Well, to that end, how could you how could you possibly have so many people? I mean, the average golfer is not between the ages of 20 and 40. Correct. Let's be very real about that. Most golfers are are generally older beyond the age of 40, 50 people. Yep. Yep. They are older people. So how on God's earth can that many people play golf with constant back pain? And a lot of them may have back pain and all those things. But I can tell you right now, all the golfers that I am around, not the ones that I work with because they're actually doing something. They don't exercise. Yep. And I'm and I'll be very clear. I am not saying that exercise will make you not have pain. Not the truth. The strongest people in the world can have back pain. The strongest people, the strongest powerlifters, the strongest whatever, they can have back pain. The most flexible people in the world can have mm-hmm. back pain. Right? The most yogi of the yogis can still have back pain. Right. There, there isn't like a sliding scale of pain here because it gets complex. So when it comes to golfers, anybody can have pain with it, but you're not doing any of the things that help you mitigate pain, manage pain, control pain, such as exercise, understanding what could be causing your pain, understanding load management, you know, realizing that there's multiple ways to handle when you're experiencing uncomfortable things. And I think it's from the doctor world. I also think that the the golf world as a whole, you read Golf Digest and it's like, eh, you shouldn't swing like this because it's going to cause back pain. Right. You know, even the TPI guys with some of their you know, evaluation stuff are like, you know, this is the number one cause of back pain is doing X. Right. It's a bit of a stretch that, you know, because we yeah. know that certain things might cause more force at the joints. And certainly injuries happen when a force exceeds the tissue's ability to handle it. Mm-hmm. the way those things go but that doesn't mean you're gonna have pain yeah yeah no you hear i mean to go back to amputees you hear stories of guys who like you know break their leg in on the field of battle and then carry out two of their buddies on their shoulders to the you know to the checkpoint on a broken yeah. leg it's like that's as damaged as you can get and clearly that guy either he dealt with excruciating pain or he uh, something else happened you know, and usually it's, it's just a case of da- damage and pain. Don't, well, this could be a whole podcast, but damage and pain don't aren't equal. They aren't, they're not one-to-one equals. Not even kind of, not even kind of. And I, so what we really want to get at here is the fear mongering aspect of all of this is that when you hear a doctor or a PT or somebody on Golf Digest that says, if you do this, you will hurt your back. If you do this, you will have pain. Those things plant a seed in your mind that if I do these things, I'm going to have resultant issues. My back's going to hurt. I'm going to herniate a disc. I'm going to bulge a disc. 
I'm going to hurt my back and then I can't play golf. So I'm going to have to swing really easy. I'm going to have to just use my arms. You know, I can't do this big. I, all the time I hear people come in, well, I can't use my hips when I swing because I'm going to hurt my back. So you just leave your hips to do nothing. Like they, you don't exercise them either. Right. Question mark. Right. The, the fear mongering around that makes it hard for a person. The more afraid you are of something, the more in danger you are of it. Like you're more likely to have something go wrong because your body's not acting fluidly. It's acting more robotically. Right. There's nothing smooth about it. And not only does that affect you there, but think about golf swings. Like swing and be hesitant. What's going to happen? Yeah. Not good golf. I can tell you that, you know, and people, when people do have pain or do get nervous, they get stiffer, mm -hmm. like you said, so that, that stiff movement isn't athletic. It's not smooth. It's not going, it's not going to, I mean, usually stiffness is trying to do what take, take pressure off of certain areas and just like control everything. Yeah. And you, you can't do that. Everything works together, no. you know? So you, the more smooth that you can move, usually the better. And that might take a little bit of time, especially after, like, if you do, I don't know, say you do take a swing and you have some searing pain and you've got stuff down your leg. Yeah. It might take three or four weeks before you can really move without feeling super stiff and, and clunky and uncoordinated, but that's what, that's what it's going to take. You got to start that process. The biggest thing to understand from all of this is that all these issues that you're facing, A, are normal. Big time. They're normal things. For you to have back pain as a whole, normal. For you to have imaging that is funny looking is normal, right? For you to be struggling with that when you play golf is normal. I can't wait for more golf data and research to come out specifically on back pain and things like that because I think it's going to be very telling of the fact that we've misrepresented it for way too long. And the goal of all of that is that you can continue to play if your back hurts. You're not necessarily going to make things worse. And in the event that you herniate your disc a little further, well, your resorption rate goes up. Yeah, it might not be a bad thing. I'm not saying that I want you guys to herniate discs. No. That's not the point we're making. The point of all of this is that it's normal. And we want you to go play golf. I mean, I have people all the time that are like, so like, can I play in three or four months? And I'm like, you can play this week. Right now, what bothers it the most? Is it every swing? Is it only with your driver? Is it only with your three wood? Okay. Tee off with the four iron or one of your driving irons. Play all those. You know, chipping really bothers The deep rough bothers me. Your buddies will be okay if you take the ball out of the deep rough today. Take it out. Hit it from the regular fairway. Right. Continue to play the game, but don't let it hinder you or the things that bother it will stay away from you know one of my hard i don't want to say hard and fast rules is that if your pain is around like a three or it's a four out of ten that's completely subjective zero is nothing ten is i gotta get you morphine at the er if you're dealing with a three or four pain i want you to continue doing everything that you're doing and it's not getting any worse right after 24 hours it's not like it bumps to a 10 right and that's again it's super subjective and i don't really like pain scales but it's an easy way for people to understand it it stays at a three or four, keep playing golf and then just minimize the other things, right? I would tell that to anybody. If it was a knee replacement, hip replacement, rotator cuff surgery, ACL, doesn't matter. Use pain as a guide. Don't avoid it.
the more we avoid pain, the longer life is, the more difficult life's going to be for us. Absolutely. That's exactly what I used to, you know? And then when we're getting above that four to like five, six, we're just, we're still not necessarily stopping. Right. We're just using kind of a more watchful eye, just feeling it out. If it starts to get to the point where every swing or like if you're in the gym, every time you lift, you do a deadlift, every single rep is getting worse and worse and worse. And it doesn't go away in a couple hours or at least 24 hours. Then we're talking about making some changes, but just the jump. Exactly. Just if, if back squatting hurts that well, better example I use with golfers is if a full swing bothers you, but a three quarter swing doesn't guess who's going to three quarter swing today you mm-hmm. and then we're going to go from there and that's if you've got a shoulder injury knee injury i don't care what injury you have or pain you have that principle applies to all of them if that's all you guys heard from this podcast was do as much as i can without exacerbating or pissing off my symptoms it's exactly how you should play golf absolutely what else what else what else there Anything? that's a long it could be a really long conversation if you wanted to make it so it could be but i think so i think our i mean the way i like to combat this kind of fear mongering and that sort of thing is just by explaining stuff to people like I, I have one friend who if someone comes in with an mri he won't even look at it he just tells them nope seeing bad stuff on there is pretty normal you're if you have stuff on there it just means you're normal doesn't matter to me. It's not going to change anything I do with you. See you later. We're going to do our stuff. That's one approach. I tend to, I've learned a lot about reading MRIs. So I like to go through, through it with people because right. you can, you can see a lot, especially if you've got a couple different views, if you've got a couple different, um, you know, the T1, the T2, the different types of um, like sequences they do that show you different things. Like you can, you can learn a lot from it. And then if you, like, I find if they've gone to like the doctor and the guy said, yeah, you're degenerative discs and you've got a herniation at L4, five and things look really bad, but then they come and see me, I can say, okay, yeah, you do have that herniation at four five. It's been there a while though. Here's why it looks like this. Right. So I, I would bet it's been there a while. That's probably not what's going on here. The other stuff is pretty common in a lot of people and it doesn't, it's not the worst I've seen. And, um, you know, I think you can really work with this. And then they're like, Oh really? Usually that totally changes the dynamic of just their, their pain experience. Yeah. And you make a good point about not being dismissive mm-hmm. because a lot of times clinicians, especially clinicians that are more like you and I, who are more abreast, I guess, of what our research says about herniations and bulges and things or whatever you want to call it. We're going to be like, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that, yes, this is fully common. I'm really not worried about it. It's not going to change how I treat you at all. But Mm -hmm. how we relay that to the person in front of us matters. How they understand. Because if I just say, well, you're totally fine. Don't worry about it. And they're like, I'm having full-blown pain. Can't get out of bed right now. And you just said that I'm normal. Yeah. This isn't going to work. Right. Right. So you ha- there, there does have to be a very tactful way of, hey, you do have a herniated disc in your back, you know, and it, it looks kind of like this. And I can and that certainly can contribute to some of the pain you're having. There's no doubt about it. You know, but there's lots of other things that contribute to that. And more importantly, here's what we're going to do about it. Yeah. And once you change the, the script of this is what it is to this is what we're going to do. Then you can start plugging in things like, actually, this is pretty common. 
you know, right. 75% of people, you know, over the age of 20 have a bulging disc. It's like really, really normal. Right. And, you know, a lot of them cannot have any pain or do have pain. And, you know, what we're going to do is focus on how to help you get rid of it and how to help you manage it, how to help you get back on the course. You know, so we're not trying to tell anybody listening to this that like your pain isn't real. That's not the truth. Our goal is to tell you that imaging things can be funny and that makes them technically normal. And there's something that we can do about it. And to be afraid of it is only going to harm you moving forward. Correct. I like to, that one story I like to tell in regards to this is one of my mentors. So I was doing a pain, I was doing like a pain mentorship, learning all, we we're learning all about um, biochemistry and all the, just all the different factors that go into pain. And uh, the, the guy that was leading it had a history. He had a disc, he herniated a disc like five or 10 years before, and it was pretty bad. He had a, um, he had surgery, like a discectomy helped, helped with everything, was feeling good. Went on vacation, didn't do anything crazy. Just like mostly read, sat, sat on the beach and read with his wife, came back from vacation, had all the same symptoms down the leg, back was achy, back was spasmy, had all the sciatica down the leg. And we would be on the, these weekly calls and he'd be like, all right, someone tell me I don't need to get an MRI. Cause he's like, cause i I want to go get an MRI and see if this disc that, that I yeah, that I herniated a while ago is is herniated again. I know it's I know I didn't do anything to probably do it, but I want to know. And we'd all be like, "No, don't do it." They'd be like, "I really just want to go get a cortisone shot because I know it's going to make it feel better." We're like, "No, don't." And then after like five or six weeks, he was good and feeling normal, and he was like, "All right." But it, it's amazing because he's teaching the curriculum. He knows all this. He's studied probably knows more and has forgotten more about pain than I do, than I know. Right. And he's still going through the same thing of, oh man, if I just had an MRI, then I would know exactly what is going on here. And it really wouldn't change. We would, we would talk to be like, is the MRI going to change what you're doing about it? And he's like, no, I do the same thing, but I'd have the picture. <laughs> it's just such a funny conversation. So you can't, I can't blame anyone out there who's not, a physical therapist or a doctor or, you know, ha doesn't have a wide, wide uh, knowledge base in this area. Cause even those of us who know a lot go through the same thing that you do. Pain sucks. I, I don't, Does. I don't, I, I don't like that. Even some clinicians now have gone like away from the fact that like, Oh, pain isn't real. It's just, you made it up in your head. Well, no, yeah, pain, is crazy. A, pain is a real thing. You know, maybe we don't have pain receptors. You know, that's more of a, you know, we have nociceptors. Sure. That's a, that's a little thing. You, but like pain is something you experience. Like yeah. stub your toe. Shit hurts. Yeah. It does. Every time. For the most and part. You... And everyone has different pain levels. Like I always talk about the people that are like the, oh, what are the, it's uh, what's the name of Muay Thai where they have people like smash their shins. Yeah. And they're like eating it up. Like, uh-huh. Keep hitting. That's right. I'm like, oh my God, I would be blood curdlingly yelling. Right. Someone smacked my shin. Like you hit your shin on the coffee table. End of the world. End of the world. Current for like 60 to 90 seconds. Life might not go on. Aha. But is something broken? Right. Because then I'd, I would bet that you get up and walk it off. Right. You get, you go to the fridge and you get 
a Coke because nothing's broken. Get a Coke. <laughs> Naturally. Everyone gets a Coke when they go to the fridge. Everyone. Every time. It's a weird thing when I came south and everybody called all Everything. soda Coke. Everything's Coke. Very, no Pepsi. No. Oh, no, no, no. But like soda is Coke. I yes. like a Coke. Oh, what kind? Eh, I'll take a Sprite. You just have to wear a Coke. <laughs> It's not, it's, not, it's not how it works. That and bless your heart. I didn't realize that was like a derogatory thing till I moved here. Did you know Is that? No. Bless your heart. Yeah. So I was in a first week of grad school. I was down here, go to a Publix because Publix is the big grocery store down here. And I'm walking around the corner of an aisle and naturally somebody was walking. It was this older lady, tiny little old lady. And her cart like kind of hit me as I was coming around the corner and I kind of was like, oh, I'm so sorry. She was like, bless your heart. I was like, that's, that was like, and I was just like, oh, have a nice day. And I was like, that's the nicest thing somebody could say is bless your heart after, you know, like, that's just so nice. It's like, what a nice people. And so I, that night I was at the gym and I was telling that story and this girl looked at me and she was like, you know, that's not a good thing, right? <laughs> what do you mean? It's like that lady basically just said F you. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a voodoo curse on you. Like what? She said, bless your heart. That yeah. seems like the nicest thing. Like normally it's just like you're you're either you're dumb or screw you. Yeah. Oh, bless your heart. I didn't know that. It's that southern charm, that smile, oh, smile to your face while they're insulting you. Stabbing you from behind. <laughs> How on earth do we eat on that topic? Oh, Coke. There we go. Coke. Anyways, I think that about covers most of what we wanted to talk about. I do too. Yeah. I think, uh, I hope there's some good stuff in there. One question I got too was, does, um, is cracking your neck bad for your, bad for your spine, bad for your neck? going to make things like worse as far as discs go and all that. No. Correct. I totally agree. It's like cracking your knuckles, right? Cracking your knuckles. Now, I, I think that there's, Doing it yourself is one thing. I don't advocate for people to go get their neck cracked. Yeah. By somebody else. Why well, especially yeah, I especially don't like so I don't like people doing it themselves where they're doing these weird positions where they're like yeah. contorting and they're pulling up on their head because yeah. no. and and some of the like the ring dinger that you'll see on YouTube oh, where geez. the chiropractor is just yanking on someone's head. I mean yeah, we no. can you know, we can get into techni technical specifics, but you know, the ligaments in your neck are not made to resist vertical motion like that. There's, they all. resist rotation. They resist flexion, like bending forward, bending yeah. sideways. They don't resist going up. So that yeah. that gets into Fair. another ballpark of things. But if you, yeah, if you're just like bend your head to the side and it goes, I mean, that's Fine. that's like cracking your knuckles. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a huge, and especially even cracking your knuckles. Like if like they don't really crack, if you just like do this, like you right. have to create pressure at right. the joint, which again, I usually don't necessarily advocate because it's not, I mean, it might feel good, but it feels good because when it cracks, you get these little receptors that go off right. that then makes them, Oh, it's almost like that big relief. So don't use your hands in my opinion to like crack your neck. Like don't just, and like, Again, are the chances of you hurting yourself pretty slim? Yes. But mm, it's just one of those things that's not really necessary. Are you going to hurt yourself? Probably not. 
like when things crack, all that fluid that's in there. So I guess we should probably explain that to people so mm -hmm. what cracking is. So you have a bunch of fluid in your joints. When you heat fluid up, just like when you heat water up, it turns into gas. So when you heat something up because of the friction in that joint and it goes, all that is, is the gas releasing from that joint. Yep. End of story. Popping bubbles. Popping bubbles. Now, when that happens, it can expand the capsule around the joint. So your joints are covered in what we would call capsule, which is just this connective tissue that helps keep you in place. That can expand a little bit and, again, hits those receptors that make it feel good. And so if you are chronically, 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 chronically cracking, sure, maybe you're going to have a little bit more, I'm going to use the word laxity, stretch of your connective tissue. Mm -hmm. But we don't have a lot of evidence that that's occurring no. that I'm aware of. I'm Tim. Maybe you've got more than I do, but I no. I a lot of this, a lot of the stretching stuff, as far as like stretching tendons, stretching ligaments. If you pull on them more, which would be like stretching them harder, they get thicker and they get more tense. Yeah, they just resist it more. Yeah, yeah. It's so not sometimes. A lot of times, the opposite happens. Yeah, you put more pressure into something, and voila, it gets stronger. Look at that. Yeah. So don't worry about cracking too, too, too much. And don't get caught up in the fact that cracking is putting your back in alignment. Let's Correct. That was the other point I was going to make. You're yeah. not, you're not moving anything around in there. Yeah. If in the event that your spine is out of alignment, you will be paralyzed somewhere. Yeah. Correct. Go to the hospital. Like, uh, and that's going to happen with like motor vehicle accidents. That's going to happen if you get like, some kind of blunt force trauma to your spine or then you're going to see things where like your spine, if it's stacked, will do like the movement back and forth or side to side, um, which would be a, could be a spondylolisthesis, could be a retro retrolisthesis, which is basically where those above and below vertebral joints are moving on one another. That's dangerous because guess what we just said goes between all of those spinal cord yeah if your back is out of alignment you're in trouble and you would Big know time. it because something would be unfunctional or dysfunctional unfunctional no word i don't know what the dysfunctional dysfunctional yeah paralyzed would be yeah, probably more. that would be a spinal cord injury would be what we would deem that so again that would be like you dive off of a boat or you dive right. off of something and you land on your head and you get that like hard compression and there's like that's what you would see. Exactly. So no, your back is not out of alignment. Lord willing. We, we would rather that never happen. Yes. Agreed. Just like your pelvis being out of alignment. <sighs> Doesn't go anywhere. That's that's uh, quick side tangent. So I studied Latin in middle school and high school, like seven years. And we did a lot of like Roman architecture stuff. Nerd. Like, like I built a bridge out of straws, literally just plastic straws that held three bricks, three full bricks. Ooh. That was it. Pins, push pins and, and uh, straws. So I know my architecture a little, a little <laughs> bit. I used to. It's not an arch. Not anymore. It's an arch. Your pel you're like, your pelvis is an arch. Yeah. It's, it's like the strongest shape and strongest structure in architecture, like available. It's true. It's true. That's all I got. And it moves a grand total of a millimeter at most. Am I correct? A millimeter? Yeah. 
one to two. I've I've seen one to two. One to two. So one to two millimeters is the most it can move. So what is out of alignment? 0.05 millimeters? Yeah. Can you quantify that? I sure can't. No, I know I can't feel that in my body. Sometimes I can't even feel if my if my arm is next to me. This is true. I remember in PT school being taught that we could like shift pelvises. And yeah. Like, Sad day when you realize you can't. Set, but like the techniques themselves, I'm like, in hindsight, when you look at them, like I've still got the books, like I'll peer them at them once in a while. And I'm like, I'm like, like sh- <laughs> yeah, and you're always cup, like cupping someone's butt cheek. It's just not always like you're like, you're yeah. like right in there and you're like yeah. pushing and then you're like pushing down on the front. Yeah. It's like, it's just not comfortable. Yeah. So end range over pressure. <laughs> Breathe. Breathe. Yeah. No, it's exhausting. Like I remember those classes at the end, you'd be like, Oh my gosh, I, I did something because my biceps are exhausted. <laughs> it must work then. Hello. Murph, come here. Come here. Come up. Good boy. There he is. There he is. Everybody. This is the mascot of the golf strong project. Murph man. Retriever. He's jumping on me because he's getting as much love before his brother gets here. You got to soak it all in while you can. The only child. Isn't that right, bud? Say hi. Say hi. Look. Look at Tim. Look at Uncle Tim. Look at Uncle Tim. What's up, Over here. No, I give up. Nah. I'm good. I'm good. We'll live. I think that covers it, people. We talked about statistics. You now are fully aware of the fact that disc issues from cervical to lumbar spine are pretty normal. Doesn't mean you're going to have pain. Doesn't mean you will have pain. Doesn't mean you won't have pain. It's just normal, not abnormal. It's not damaging. It's not uncommon. They heal. Understand that, that if a disc is herniated, it is likely that it will heal at some point. Might not be tomorrow. It might take some time, but they can heal. It also doesn't mean that you have to be on the sideline forever. Correct. Um, You don't probably need to go get imaging most of the time unless something really serious is going on. For me, the, the biggest thing with signs is if you've got saddle paresthesia if you can't feel between your legs you need to be at a hospital yeah if you're if you're i'd tell people if your crotch is numb and if you're peeing your pants go to the hospital a s a p because that is cataquina and no good no good you need to be in a surgery table now don't freak out but drive there quickly but safely Maybe have someone drive you there quickly and <laughs> yeah, safely. Yeah, don't drive yourself. Correct. Don't get yeah, in a car. Don't. Yeah, like have someone bring you there. But that beyond that, very few times am I saying you need to go get this imaged. Because it's not going to change how we do anything. Correct. We're going to treat you the exact same way. Um, and don't waste the money. That's true. Or time. Like, I got to go see a doctor, get an image, get another image, get forwarded to another doctor, get another image four to six weeks later. Yep. Hmm. That deductible fills up real quick. Don't get me started on insurance. I know, man. I'm sorry. I can't juiced up. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that covers it. And if anyone wants to wants to read any of the, these articles, I'll throw the link to them in the um, show notes. Just if you're if you're a geek like us and you want to read a little bit about this stuff, have at it. You can pronounce all of the names that we can't. Yeah. Kim is the only one. I, Kim and Van Ryan. Those are the two I can say. Udby. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fagaska Bring. I, I still can't say that guy's name. Yeah, he didn't get that one. Bring Sorry. Bring, 
Brinkley. The Swedish ones are really where you get them with the J's, like J's, J's and next to O's. I's and O's and yeah. Double S's. It's just, yeah, I don't know what's very, going on there. Very confusing. But there's like all these, then there's like the different Polish names and Russian names and Krakowski, Jarkovsky. Joseph. It's all, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. Meanwhile, it's uh, Rivoto and Taylor. Simple. Sounds like a great store. Does Lord and Taylor, Ravoto and Taylor? Ooh, you see, but Ravoto and Taylor would be like a gentleman's store. That's true. Okay. High end. High end gentleman's store. Italian streetwear. I'm Irish, but yeah, we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, as always, shoot us a follow. Oh, we changed our Instagram handles. Oh, yeah, you're right. Shoot. Almost All forgot right. to mention it. So Tim and I have. I'll call it joined forces uh, and set up the golf strong docs. And so he is now Tim dot golf strong. Jackson dot golf strong. So if you're trying to find us, that's the easiest way to find us. We're going to continue to put out content about golf and uh, some courses coming up that we're building. And we're going to kind of wreck this whole world of golf, especially from a rehab perspective and a strength perspective, because people need good info and, we're kind of tired of silly BS. So hell yeah. Merca. Yeah. And if you got any questions about your back stuff, DM us. You're normal. <laughs> just just do it. Send a message. <laughs> your back hurts? Hmm. Lucky you, human. We got you covered. Got you covered. All right, everybody. Have a good one. We love y'all. Subscribe, follow, bells, notifications, however all that crap works. And uh, see you. Peace.